Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast, presented by SeatGeek. You'll hear from players, coaches, broadcasters, and writers that cover the NFL on a daily basis. The New Orleans Saints podcast starts right now. Here's your host, Aaron Summers. Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Aaron Summers, joined with John DeShazer today. Got lots to talk about as the Saints are preparing to play the Vikings this Sunday, 8.30 a.m. on NFL Network. We'll both be up with you guys early. 7.30 a.m. is when the Saints pregame show will start. That'll be on NewOrleansSaints.com and across social media at Saints on Twitter. It's going to be a fun game. It's going to be the only one on on Sunday morning. So going to be in the spotlight and there's a lot of moving pieces still John what are you looking forward to what is the biggest question mark maybe heading into this game well anytime you change quarterbacks that's the thing um, and the Saints will have Andy Dalton at quarterback instead of James Winston um, Andy did start the season finale last year um, but he hadn't played yet this season but he is a veteran it's this his 12th season he started 148 games Nothing is going to surprise him in terms of, you know, preparation and what he'll see on the field and you know, those kinds of things. So hopefully with the practices he had with his receivers this week, uh, he had a lot of work with those guys in the preseason and training camp because you know, James Winston was kind of, you know, working his way back uh, from the injury. So hopefully those reps and that chemistry will carry over. Uh, there are some things, obviously, that being in the league for 12 years, he's seen that maybe he will be able to identify quickly quicker than maybe Jameis was but it all boils down to um you know something that goes down to every quarterback can you hold on to the ball do you protect the football but it'll be interesting to see what happens because you know you of course social media being what it is everyone has wanted to see what would happen if Andy Dalton was on the field and he played really well for a series or two in the preseason, but it's a different ball game. So hopefully he'll hit the ground running uh, because this Saints offense uh, changing quarterback or not, they need to score quickly to hopefully give this team something to feel good about on that side of the ball. You mentioned the takeaways. There's been eight in the past two games on the offensive side. They, and that's just something that you can't do. The penalties, you can't have those as well. So those are things that have really impeded the ability to create some of that rhythm, regardless of who's in at quarterback. So I know that they've talked about that continuously throughout the week, just not shooting themselves in the foot. Dalton was brought in because he is a viable backup, because he's a vet, because he's been in the game for so long. He's been in every single situation. He sounded very confident today talking to the media I don't ever expect somebody to say they won't be ready come game day if they're the one that has to start, but I believe it. I believe Dalton is going to be prepared and ready to go, and that's why he spent the entire summer here when he did get picked up by the Saints to be able to develop that chemistry and learn the offense. He may be without a few weapons, as Jameis Winston is just listed as doubtful. Um, slim possibility that he still plays, but if it – you know, if if it goes as it seems, then it will be Dalton playing and he'll be without Michael Thomas, who is and has been ruled out officially. Um, and still looking at Jarvis Landry as a questionable. How is that going to change some of his options? Well, not having Mike Thomas always affects this offense because he draws so much attention. Um, you know, if you're talking about the two best offensive players for the Saints, it's going to be Alvin Kamara, or Michael Thomas, one, two, you know, depending on which day you want to flip it. So not having him 
is huge uh, for both assets, the passing game because he's that security blanket, and for the running game because having him on the field opens things up. Uh, so that is big not having him. Jarvis Landry, I think, should be okay to go. You know, he's questionable. But Mike Thomas being out um, with a receiving core that, you know, again, the offense hadn't been that productive already. And so taking him away and he's got the re- the receiving touchdowns, the you know, three of them so far, mm-hmm. uh, three of the four. So not having him out there is significant. Um, you know, it's really, really big. Hopefully it's not something that's going to be long-term. It's a foot injury, but, you know, not having him out there. And maybe the offense will rely a little bit more on Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara's got to get into a rhythm in this offense. It's just been so herky-jerky that they hadn't been able to find the rhythm. They hadn't been able to stay on the field. There have been too many three and outs. So he hadn't had the carries. He hadn't had the receptions. His touches are down. His numbers are down. But we know that at any given time, he can bust out and give you one of those 140-yard games where he scores a couple touchdowns and he has probably 20 touches. He needs one of those games. Or he needs to at least be a viable decoy where your offense is on the field enough to where it matters. And that's where they got to string together some first downs and get some rhythm and hopefully find something going. But not having Michael Thomas, that puts a little bit more pressure on Chris Olave, mm-hmm. uh, the NFL Offensive Rookie of the Month. Uh, hopefully he will catch his first NFL touchdown in this game. <laughs> but puts a little bit more pressure on him. Um, Jarvis Landry, I expect to play, but now you're talking about digging into the depth. So now Traquan Smith is going to have to play, probably have to play well. Uh, you need something out of Marquez Callaway, who made the acrobatic touchdown catch against right. Carolina. Might need something out of Deontay Hardy. Uh, if he's going to be active, he was inactive against Carolina, but all those guys will have to step to the forefront now. Deontay Hardy is listed, has been listed as limited participant throughout practice, but he was not um you know, officially ruled any way for this weekend. So that sounds like he's going to be able to go. Kamara listed as questionable, but again, he's been limited throughout the week. So expect to see him as well. You mentioned Marquez Callaway, Traquan Smith, Deontay Hardy. They've gotten a ton of reps with Dalton because that they're the second second string set of receivers. And that's who Dalton has spent a lot of his time with over the summer. And when they're going through second team reps and practices, do you think that's going to bode well? Do you think those guys might have an opportunity to have some big games? Well, they practice with them and they know the offense. Uh, and that's huge because those three guys that you mentioned, they played primarily last year mm-hmm. um, because, you know, there was no Michael Thomas. Uh, Jarvis Landry wasn't here. Chris Olave was at Ohio State. So those were the three primary receivers and they got a ton of reps in this same offense. So from a familiarity standpoint, you get the offensive familiarity with the system. You get to play with the quarterback that's probably been thrown to you the most in practice. So if anyone's established a good rhythm with them and a the chemistry, it would probably be uh, Andy Dalton even more so than James Winston. So you hope that that pays off for him in the game because, again, this offense needs something to go right for it early. Uh, they need an early score. Mm-hmm. And I don't care if it's you know three field goals in a quarter and a half You'd like to see touchdowns because you want to put that pressure on the opposition, but they need something going well for them. Uh, they've just been their biggest, biggest enemies, and they need to cut that out. That's something that, you know, mental errors, you know, pre-snap penalties and, and, and those kinds of things that you hope to be able to erase, but until you do it, yeah, they still are there. Mm-hmm. So you hope that these things can be kind of wiped out a little bit, and you hope that it will help that those guys have played a lot and that – 
and that they played and practiced with Dalton. A lot of things that need to go right on the offensive side of the ball. Before I let you go, defensively, what's the main focus for that side of the ball? If you can't stop the run, you can't win. That's pretty much it. <laughs> if In the NFL, if you don't stop the run, you can't stop anything. And so they have not been able to stop it. Basically, in two of the three games, they were able to squeeze one out against Atlanta. And then when they did stop the run against Tampa, turned it over so many times, they didn't win that game. But if they're giving up, on average right now, 139 rushing yards a game, mm-hmm. 4.2 yards a carry. No NFL team is going to be successful giving up that because once you're guarding against the run, you can't really defend the pass. They've got you on, on your heels, you're off balance, and you can't do a whole lot of things to stop them. Saints got to be able to take away the run, try to make Minnesota one-dimensional, even though that one-dimension features Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson and and um, Adam Thielen, but you still got to be able to take away something. And if you don't take away the run in the NFL, you just don't win. It's definitely going to be a battle, I think, on both sides as far as the run game goes. The Vikings have – they're one of three teams in the NFL right now that are allowing over 110 yards rushing per game so far through the first three weeks of play. You mentioned the Saints have been given up an average of a big number, but they did hold the Bucks to just 70-something. So um, haven't been over the 100 mark for every game, but definitely going to be something to watch in this one for sure. I appreciate the time, John. We're going to send it over to London. Todd Grappanini has a special guest that he's going to check in with over there. Give us a little bit of a flavor from the U.K. over there, over the pond. Thank you so much, Aaron, as the trip in London winding down to game day on Sunday, New Orleans Saints against Minnesota Vikings. Todd Graffinini with you. Very pleased to be joined by Daniel Kahn of Sky Sports News. Basically the ESPN, Fox, everything rolled into one in the U.K. Daniel, thanks so much for joining us today. And I know everybody here in London, the U.K., they're fired up for NFL football. And it's here, and you've got a couple of, couple of weeks to, to look forward to. Yeah, I mean, I've said to everyone I know in the office and all my friends personally that I think these are probably the best matchups we've had in London ever. I think if you look at the quality of the games, the stars that the London fans are going to get to see here in London, I think it's absolutely brilliant. And as we've all seen, the games sold out so quickly. The two games at Tottenham Hospital Stadium as well as Wembley, uh, it's going to be a great occasion, all three. Now, just uh, as an aside here, we are in the flight pattern to Heathrow, so it's not uh, Flushing Meadow back in New York, but we are in London here. Now, the NFL's been coming here for a very long time. How have you seen the popularity year after year grow as these teams continue to come here? For sure. I think, you know, when the NFL first came to London at Wembley, there was probably more of a fascination with the NFL, more of, oh, let's see this pizzazz, the the show, the performance of the NFL. We all watch the Super Bowl. And I think there was that kind of stereotype. Let's see all of that part of it. But I think if you look at the last 20 years now, I mean, there, there's genuinely a huge fan base now in the UK. You see that at all the games and you'll see that on Sunday where you'll see fans of all the teams. It's not a kind of fascination anymore. It's a celebration of the sport fans of all teams come watch the game uh, and they cheer for everything because they're purely passionate to see as we've said before the biggest stars come over the pond and put on a show now you originally are from the states but you've been in england for i would say what more than half your life here so you have kind of both perspectives uh are you 
a fan of any particular team. Yeah, so I was actually born in Texas. I know you can't hear it in my accent anymore, but my parents were season ticket holders of the Cowboys in the 80s and 90s, so got brought up with that. I think I've seen them win two playoff games in my whole uh, <laughs> lifetime, so that's not very fun. But, um, you know, for me, like you said, I've seen both sides, and, you know, I, I still love my Cowboys. Stay up till, you know, one and two in the morning to watch them anytime they're on TV. But, you know, I, I just think that the NFL it's just grown so much and you look at the stadiums I mean you'll see on Sunday right Tottenham Hotspur Stadium it's a purpose-built stadium you know they have their own changing rooms a retractable NFL pitch I mean I, I really hope as a fan and as a journalist as well hopefully in the next 20 years you know I, I know it's quite a, a, an ambition and a dream but could we see our own NFL team or could we see a team play 10 games in London because you know the fans are there sell out 60,000 fans for each of these games right so you know something I'd love to see going forward that's a great segue here we're talking with Daniel Kahn of Sky Sports News the stadium itself is as big a part of this whole thing as you know when before you played at Wembley but now there's been such talk about the new Tottenham Stadium where Tottenham Hotspur play and of course Tottenham and Arsenal are playing in a London Derby coming up on Saturday so this is a huge weekend but the stadium itself is as big a star is going to be as big a star as anything else absolutely and I've been there for the last uh, well since I've had the NFL games I've been to Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and it's a truly unique experience you know Wembley is still you know one of the most historic stadiums in the world but it still very much feels like a soccer stadium being taken over for NFL it's a very different feeling at Tottenham Hotspur. It it feels like an authentic NFL experience with a kind of British swing to it. Uh, and I think, you know, as, as you said, it's purpose-built. And I really, you know, I don't have any insider information, but I've spoken to ambassadors from Tottenham. And I think the feeling you get is they wouldn't have spent all the money to create an NFL purpose-built stadium, to have their own changing rooms, their own pitch, all of these extra things. If they weren't confident, the more games weren't going to come to Tottenham Hotspur in the future. Who's your Premier League team? Manchester United. Ah. My, so, so very weird family family history here, right? I'm, well, you... You you got it now. Are you a Yankee fan too? <laughs> no, I, I get that quite a lot. So let, let me just break it down, right? So I was born in Texas. My dad was born in Manchester, ironically. So God brought up with supporting Manchester United. My mom's French, so there's no kind of French team there. So don't worry about that. But um, yeah, so, but again, you know, Manchester United have largely been pretty rubbish for the last 10 years or so. So you can't say I'm a glorious supporter anymore. It's fine. Well, I'm an Everton fan. We almost got regu- relegated last year. So I mean, I don't know how that is. All right. Um, the game itself, um, look, you've been following the Saints, you've been following the Vikings. What are your thoughts on the matchup coming up? It, it's it's kind of a, I mean, all games are big in the NFL because you only play 17 of them, but I'm sensing a little more desperation on the Saints side than the Vikings side. Yeah, I mean, just covering the Saints this week, and we've been at all the media access so far, I think the concern is obviously, you know, at quarterback, isn't it? Jameis Winston, you know, he spoke in his press conference yesterday and said, look, I had yesterday off, and I think we kind of thought, okay, Fair enough. He wasn't there today as as we speak. And so I think um, the worry is you don't have him. You don't have Michael Thomas as well. And as a fan and a journalist, I was really looking forward to seeing him at Tottenham. But it seems that his injury uh, might might keep him out of the game also. So I think if you're the Vikings, you're probably licking your lips. If we were talking about a Premier League football game in two of your stars or, you know, really important midfielder or strikers weren't there, you'd fancy the other team, wouldn't you? So I think if you're Minnesota coming off a win, uh, you 
you'd feel pretty confident coming to London. I think for both of these teams, really fascinating, isn't it? Because when New Orleans last came here in 2017, they shut out the Dolphins 20-0, and Dennis Allen was obviously defensive coordinator back then, so he's probably picked up what he could from Sean Payton, right, and tried to keep the same routine by coming all week to London and trying to stay with that winning routine. But the Vikings did the same thing last time they came to London, where they came late Thursday and trained Friday, had the game on Sunday, and they won as well. So I think it, it's really interesting how both teams have approached the London experience, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, if I was a betting man, you, you would have to look at the Vikings with the confidence of last weekend. And, you know, the last thing I'll just say very quickly is, you know, I thought it was quite telling on Monday. I, I know the team were delayed three hours after the Carolina game and they seemed a bit downbeat, but, you know, morale did seem slightly low. You know, talking to some of the players, seeing, you know, Dennis Allen as well, you just feel like, you know, hopefully this week has helped them gel as a group, but you feel like Minnesota are going to come in with energy and kind of, if they're at the line, really going for the Saints, you know, it could, it could be a long game. Who knows? Yeah, we'll see what happens because in 2017, the Saints started out slow and the really London game against Adolphus springboarded the team to a long winning streak and eventually division championship. So hopefully history repeats itself. Daniel, one final thing. I, I, I kind of chuckled when you were talking about watching the Cowboys and having to stay up very late in London. Well, of course, at home, it's completely the opposite as this game will kick off at 8.30 in the morning, New Orleans time. Any advice uh, to these soon-to-be bleary-eyed Saints fans getting ready to watch this game on Sunday morning? Look, you can give us one game, right, where we can watch it at a reasonable time, okay? Like, I'm sure you can kind of wake up early once a season. No, I'm joking. Um, I think, uh, you know, it's just nice isn't it it's a different routine i mean as you said for for the usual nfl fan right we we watch red zone at 6 p.m and or the prime game then and then we go into the next game at around 9 p.m and if we watch kind of sunday night football that's around kind of one in the morning for us half one in the morning which when you have work on a monday as we all do right that's quite difficult so i i think uh, my advice would be enjoy the experience luckily you only get it you know well, you have it three times this season uh, with London, I guess four with the Munich game as well. Uh, but yeah, embrace it, change your routine, I guess. Maybe uh, have dinner for breakfast or whatever you like, maybe your barbecues and all that for breakfast. But yeah, just embrace and have fun and enjoy watching all the London fans celebrate. And, you know, it's really interesting when I speak to all the players afterwards when they come to London, they all talk about how much the fans get into and how much a unique experience is. So hopefully you'll hear that over the TV and uh, give us a bit of credit over here over the pond. Yeah, I would imagine there will be some Bloody Marys consumed by Saints fans early in the morning on Sunday. Daniel Kahn really, really enjoyed the conversation. Thanks so much. Enjoy the games, and uh, we'll see you we'll at the game. Thank you so much, Todd. It was a pleasure. Thank All right, that is Daniel Kahn of Sky Sports News. Here in London, Aaron Summers, back to you. Thanks to Todd Graffinini for that report. Over there in London, it's been awesome following all the coverage, hearing from the different reporters there, the accents, and seeing what everybody's been doing all week. Here in New Orleans, you have the opportunity to actually go see some golf this weekend. Over in Mississippi, Jackson, Mississippi, they're having the Sanderson Farms Championship there. It is the second stop of the PGA Tour, and I had a chance to catch up with their executive director, Steve Gent on Friday morning as they're preparing for the weekend of play. And he did say there are TVs everywhere, so you can still catch football this weekend if you do head out to see that tournament in action. So let's hear from Steve now. Steve, thank you so much for joining us on the New Orleans Saints podcast. I appreciate the time. Looking forward to hearing a little bit about what's going on with the Sanderson Farms Championship 
How are you though? It's a crazy week, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, we try to pack a whole lot in this week, so I'm great. Thank you. Um, this is second day of competition, really kind of day day five for us, day six, really, if you count our parties on Sunday. Um, we've had a phenomenal week. I mean, our, our thoughts and prayers are with everybody over in Florida with the hurricane um, and and everything they're going through. But um, we've we've been fortunate to have beautiful weather here. Uh, you know, 50 degrees this morning, it'll be 80s. We kind of go through three seasons. Um, but yeah, it's been great. We have a lot, we have, we have a, a Monday and a Wednesday pro-am. We have junior clinics early in the week. We had Sarah Thomas, the NFL official, as the guest speaker for our, our women's day on Tuesday. And I know it feels like once the competition for the PGA tour starts on Thursday, it's like, whoa, but now we can actually breathe a little bit. So, uh, it's, it's a fun week and everybody's having a great time. I love the tie-in to the NFL, obviously, as a part of the Saints here and Sarah Thomas being there. What was it like to have her, and how did that happen? Oh, gosh. I mean, one, she's amazing. If you've never heard her speak and talk, um, speak and talk, I guess you have to do both, right? But <laughs> she's really, really good. Um, you know, she's from Mississippi. So uh, when each year we have a, a Women's Day luncheon, about 400 you know, corporations and, and individual ladies that, that bites tables in our ballroom. And we've had Jenna Bush. Um, we've had Sean Johnson. We've had, uh, you know, quite a few uh, great speakers, but she was awesome. I mean, she talks about, you know, where she came from and how she got into the NFL and our ladies just loved it. So it was, it was kind of a fun tie between, you know, we have PGA tour officials here on site. Now to have an NFL official on mm -hmm. site during a PGA tour event was was a lot of fun. She was she was just amazing. Let's talk a little bit about the golf that's going on. The reigning champion, Sam Burns, he yeah. is from Shreveport, Louisiana, went to LSU. It's good to have some local ties when you have a tournament and then to have somebody that had that much success. I'm sure there was a lot of excitement around that last season. You know, how there is. is. I mean, yeah, Sam's 12th in the world now. He's won four mm -hmm. times essentially in the last 16, 17 months. Uh, you know, when he won last year, he he said, essentially, this is a hometown event for me. I mean, he's literally two and a half hours, maybe not even that, west of us. So, yeah, anytime you can have a player of that caliber defend, come back from a crowd standpoint, from just a national media, maybe an international media standpoint, it it helps your event. And Sam's just such a great guy. It was, it was so much fun to have him back. And um, I don't know. He's up there. Yeah. We still got three rounds to go, so uh, we could have a back-to-back. -back. How has it been having him back there and knowing how this was able to really kind of catapult his success? It's a very early um, event on the tour, so, you know, it was kind of a nice way for him to get things started last year. Yeah, I, yeah, and, you know, Sam, now where he is in his ranking, he he essentially can pick and choose his schedule, right? We've we traditionally, whether we used to be an opposite field event or now as a standalone, but we're in the fall. So we're at the at the beginning mm -hmm. of the PGA Tour season. And, you know, a lot of the top players take the fall off because they've just, you know, played from January to August. But So we've had a lot of that great young guys coming off the Corn Ferry Tour come here and win. And like you said, it, we kind of called ourselves a launching pad for a while because guys, it was just kind of propelling guys out into their career. We gave Sam his first exemption on tour as a professional a few years ago. Um, and we were, you know, the President's Cup was the week before us. And mm -hmm. Sam was on the, president, the U.S. President's Cup team up in Charlotte. And he easily could have skipped this week. But, hey, he, you know, we're fortunate that he wanted to come back and defend. 
And it was, you know, he definitely had the biggest galleries out there yesterday. Um, yeah. And we had great crowds, but uh, he, they were, there were a lot of them following Sam. Anybody else we should be keeping an eye on as the tour continues over the weekend? Yeah, I mean, Davis Riley, who is from Hattiesburg. Um, Davis right now is 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 leading. Um, well, let me double check here real quick. He he was this morning before everyone went, everyone went out, but he's at six under. A couple guys have passed him, but he hasn't gone. You know, he's, sure. he's just out there as well. Um, you know, we've got we've got a couple amateurs in the field from this area. Sam Murphy, who played Louisiana Tech. Uh, from Decatur, Alabama, though, he's in the field. Bryce Wilkinson's our stadium winner. He's in the field. Uh, Jackson Suber played at Ole Miss. He's here. Um, but we've got a couple defending champions or past champions in here. Nick Taylor, Scott Stallings um, did very well yesterday. And, uh, you know, again, I wouldn't be surprised to see some of the, you know, younger players mm -hmm. that just came off the Corn Ferry Tour, like a Brandon Matthews. Um but Christian Bezadenhut is is leading right now. We've got by one. He's passed Davis today, and uh, a great international player. Um, I, you know, it's just it's our strongest field ever, uh, and it's uh, you know we've we've seen a rise in the top players coming here because everything is is so good at the event that they say. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how things unfold today before the cut, and we're ready for a great weekend. I'm really glad you brought up Brandon Matthews. He's made a few headlines because he's coming off of his wedding this past weekend. And he said that that was the most nervous that he's ever been in his entire life. So it's actually settled him down and allowed him to just come into this weekend without any nerves because he already went through all of that last weekend when he got married. I think it's a really funny perspective and it's interesting how well he's, he's done this weekend. Yeah, and Brandon's a great guy. I was in an event earlier this summer um, up in Minneapolis, the 3M Open, and, you know, I'm very cautious and considerate when I'm on practice ranges at other tournaments because that's their office, right? Mm -hmm. It's like someone coming in your office while you're working, you want to, and you're like, you know, hey, I've got work to do. He's got work to do, but he stopped what he was doing and came over and introduced himself to me. And that's, you know, it just kind of speaks to the volumes of his character. He can hit it a long way. I don't know if you saw something recently where he, um, on one of their final events at, at a playoff hole, he he hit a, 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 a just a four hundred, almost four hundred yards. But he's just a great guy. Um, I would tell you he probably owes his wife a a, a, a real honeymoon. <laughs> uh, you know, coming to Jackson and playing golf for five days. Um, you know, I think that's I think that's very cool. But hopefully, he takes her someplace else soon. So uh, yeah. yeah. You yeah, mentioned this, his uh, ability to, to hit the ball off the tee. That plays well for this course from, yeah, from think, what I've seen. I think so. Um, you know, uh, Cameron Champ won in 2018, uh, but Ryan Moore won the year before in 2017. So for us, it's really about the greens, probably some of the best greens I see all year on the PJ Tour. Um, not much grain to them. They're running hard and fast. So it's, it's really, you know, while he's going to hit it a long way, the, the course – it's really kind of leads to great iron play okay. um, for that second shot into the green, but it sh it sure doesn't help to be closer. That's okay. for sure. So um, yeah, he, he'd be a cool one. Every, everybody asks me, who's your pick? And I'm mm -hmm. like, I can't do that. I mean, these are 144 of the best players in the world and I can't start choosing. Right. Um, everybody always asks me who I think is going to win a saints game. And I'm like, well, obviously the saints every time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's easy for you. Right. Yeah. So you for the team. Right. But, um, 
I don't want to make any of them mad so they come back from year to year. But Brandon would be a fun, I think he'd be a fun champion if that's how it plays out. Sure. For the fans that are still thinking about coming out this weekend, what's the draw? What will they have in store if they're able to make it by Saturday, Sunday? Yeah. Well, I mean, one beautiful weather, right? Come out, Mm -hmm. get a chance to walk around. I think post COVID everybody's kind of looking for something to do and get outside. Um, You know, two, it's affordable. We have great concessions. We'll serve a lot of chicken at our concession. We can, you know, we can figure out a way to serve chicken a lot of different ways. Um, And three, help us raise money for Mississippi charities. And that's Mm -hmm. really what it's all about here at this tournament. It's uh, Children's of Mississippi is our primary charity for the hospital. But we, we give about 300 and something thousand dollars to about 60 other Mississippi charities. So, uh, you know, obviously huge galleries, the more crowds uh, with tickets and concessions and merchandise, it can really help what we do for Mississippi charities. So um, I, I honestly don't, you know, we can't tell who's going to make the cut yet. So I mm-hmm. can't promise any players. Um, I can also promise you though, we know how important football is in this region. <laughs> and you just can't fight it. I think I told somebody the other day that, 82 of the top 100 television shows last year were football games, whether NFL or college. Yeah. Just sports, TV shows. And um, so we've got three jumbotrons set up around the golf course where you can watch all, all the games, all the action. Uh, we, you know, Ole Miss and State are at separate times tomorrow. You know, we've got um, – I think the Saints, though, play – are you guys early, we're right? 8.30 in the morning here. In the morning, so. morning. Hey, yeah. we'll be out here, so we'll show it. And yeah. uh, I mean, it's the only game on at that point. So go watch yeah, the Saints just, game and some golf, have a couple beers. It'll be a great, great Sunday. Absolutely. So uh, we, there's, I, I think we're going to start for a really fun weekend. Sure. Where can they get tickets if they're still looking for them? Everything we do is at sandersonfarmschampionship.com. Um, we, we are all mobile with our tickets. And um, everything is through Ticketmaster. So you can go on the site, purchase your tickets, download them into your phone, and and then park at North Park Mall. Take the shuttle over. It's not even 10 minutes. And, um, you know, enter with that the, the uh, scan on your phone. So really easy, really easy to do. We've got a couple different things for spectators. You've got a grounds ticket um, that gets you in, and you've got a Bank Plus Fan Pavilion ticket as well. That's kind of, kind of entry-level hospitality. But it's easy. SandersonFarmsChampionship.com gets you all the information you know about coming out. I appreciate the time. We obviously appreciate the relationship that we have with Sanderson Farms here with the Saints. How does that benefit you and what Sanderson Farms is able to do having a relationship like that? Yeah, I mean, a couple of different ways. One is um, thank you all for your your own group purchases a team in our Wednesday program. And I know those guys have a lot of fun. And you know, so that de- that's, you know, our programs on Monday and Wednesday are a way to help us generate money for charity. Right. Mm-hmm. But we've, we've done some fun things over the years with y'all in terms of having cheerleaders out, um, having, you know, players like Deuce McAllister come and speak at our pairings parties. Um, you know, just a, a lot of things where, you know, we know, you know, we're the closest, you know, you're the closest NFL team for us. Right. And a lot of fans here in Mississippi. And, you know, it's just. Gets everybody excited about the fall and about the event and about football in general. So mm-hmm. um, we appreciate the support. I think it just kind of adds an element of fun to the tournament um, for folks. That that's listen. At the end of the day, you're in the same business I am, right? Professional sports is about entertainment. Mm-hmm. 
I know sometimes we get wrapped up on all the rules and you can or can't do this, but we want to have a fun experience for our fans to come out just like you do at the games. We want that on the golf course as well. And um, I think it's a, a good partnership to allow us both to do that. At the end of the day, it really is all about just having fun, having a good time, enjoying the talent that you're seeing in front of you. So I, again, I appreciate the time. It's been really interesting hearing a little bit more about this weekend and what's going on there in Jackson. So we'll, we'll catch up again next year around this time. Absolutely. Thank you for the time. Every you, you, Hey, we're going to win this weekend. You guys go win this weekend too. So um, there you go. We'll be rooting for each other. How's that? I like that. Thank you. All right. Y'all have, have a good one. We'll talk to you soon. That does it for this edition of the Saints podcast. Make sure you tune in to our pregame show, 7.30 a.m. Sunday on NewOrleansaints.com, and then catch the game 8.30 against the Vikings on NFL Network. We'll break down everything that happened in that game on Monday's edition of the New Orleans Saints podcast. And have a great weekend. Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. Join us three times per week on NewOrleansaints.com the Saints mobile app, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next time right here on the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek.